Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. As I always say, if you are new here, thank you very much for turning up. It means the absolute world. If you have come back, as always, uh, absolutely love you guys. Thank you so much. Please give us a like and subscribe if you haven't. If you haven't already on Spotify, leave us a review. As I say, feeling friendly, please give us five stars. It's how we grow. It's how we're going to keep coming up. Um, major episode on the show today. We've had a major week of life together and probably the last six months together, but um, more importantly, his own last six months have been pretty massive, and that's UFC superstar Jack Jenkins, mate. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. It feels uh, a little bit surreal after the last week we've had. It's been, <laughs> it's been fucking mental. <laughs> it's been fucking mental, bro. Actually, just, you know, the last time you came on the show, it kind of blew up the internet in a way, like from a clip perspective and mm. all that sort of stuff. And that was like, you've done interviews before, but- you're actually a really good porker. Ah, thank you. Yeah. I'm still getting fucking notifications <laughs> from, from those people liking that clip that yeah, we did. Yeah, I know. How long ago was that? It was, it was almost, it's coming up a year. It's yeah, coming up a year, a year now. Ago. Yeah, because yeah. it was right after Contender Series, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. Well, what a wild sort of 12 months that it's been since then. Correct. Well, not even 12, because I'm fighting Sydney September 10, and that'll be my fourth fight inside 12 months. Yeah. So- and I think I, I think I said on the podcast, I want to have, you know, three or four fights yeah. in, inside this year. So hopefully cap it off in Sydney. But I've got a feeling, man, if we went back to that pod and correct me if I'm wrong, Braden, but I reckon there's like, he told us like almost everything that was going to happen. Like, does that ring a bell to you? hundred percent. Like, I was actually clear. thinking about this when I had this moment when Jake and I um, were on the golf course with the Nelk boys, specifically Celine and I had this moment where I remembered back to the last podcast where you were like, you manifest this shit, Jack. And I'm like, no, I, I hate manifesting. It's a stupid (laughs) word. I'm like, I'm like, I don't manifest anything. (laughs) And then on the podcast, I was like, no, I'm going to play golf with Celine, (laughs) the Nelk boys. I'm going to fight over in America. I'm going to do this. And then, and then all these things that, that I said would happen have come to fruition. But, um, you know, I think, I think it's partial partially doing the work for it and partially putting it out and, and, you know, not giving yourself the excuse to, to not let it happen. And partially like doing the work, like planting the seed. Like I did a lot of things behind the scene. I think we spoke about it briefly on the last podcast, but I got one of my friends who was living in Las Vegas to smuggle me in happy dad to the apex. You're not allowed to take your own drinks in. And I got him (laughs) to smuggle happy dad into the apex to give to me after I got the contract to then open and drink while I was getting interviewed out the back so that I had a, a line in to speak to them and try and organize this game of golf. And then eventually nearly, you know, 10, 10, 11 months later, it's ended up where we, we've played this game of golf and it went, um, without bullshit. And it went almost exactly as I thought it would go. Yeah. Like I thought I'd go, I'd hang out with these people. They're cool. I'll take some of my friends. I took you, took my brother, um, took one of my friends from golf and just went, just had an absolute day of it. And now they're like, yeah, we're going to come over for Sydney. We're bringing the boys. We're all going to come and support. Um, so, so it went exactly how I thought it would. I had this epiphany on the back nine when we played that day last week that I was like, fuck, you've actually told me about you're going to play or like you want to play golf with Salim. 
Mm. And you said it to me and I know he's like, well, we know he's like into MMA or really getting into it and like building his knowledge on it. But he's a huge golf nut. And you always said that. And it wasn't until I was on the back nine. I'm like, wait a second. Didn't this like, didn't this fucking, didn't we have a conversation about this like eight months ago? Mm. Yeah. And, and then we're there playing and I'm like, holy fuck, which we should just cut to the chase. Like for those that don't know. I don't actually know why they're why they're over. I don't, it's not just to see you, is it? Uh, no. Nah, so, so um, Salim messaged me because we 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 DM'd back and forth, and he said, "Yo, we're going to come to Australia. We don't know what cities we're going to be in, whatever." And I said, "Fuck every other city. If you want to have a good time, come to Melbourne." And pretty much that sentence, I think he was like, "All right, fuck it. I guess we're going to Melbourne." <laughs> so, so they came to Melbourne, and I was like, "All right, well, I've I've talked it up. We better like show them a good time." Um, so. He just kind of let me know a few things that they wanted to get done, like what they need for filming and that sort of stuff. And I just tried to leverage some of my contacts like you and, 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 you know, Geordie and other things like that to try and show them a good time and also expose, you know, people who I like and who I hang around with to them. Cause it's a two way street. Right. So as soon as I was like, I was like, all right, hit up this person. Hey, Nelk boys are with me. Can we do this? Can we do that? We organized this golf game that was, that was, you know, an unbelievable day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then they came to Melbourne and they're like, yeah, we're glad we came to Melbourne. We had a really good time. And they ended up, they were supposed to leave Sunday. They extended till Tuesday. They were supposed to leave Tuesday. They extended till Friday. And now I don't know if they're <laughs> yeah, ever going to leave. Dude, they love it here. Hey, mm. to be fair, the week they've had and like, in in, uh, Jack's credit everyone. He's not joking when he says, like he brings his mates in. I reckon pretty much half of back of Marsh and all of your close mates have met the Nelk Boys, which for those who don't know we're talking about, the Nelk Boys um, are YouTube sensations. Like they're a, they're a group that originated out of Canada doing pranks. They've got so big. They adopted content creators into their group from America. They have the Full Send clothing brand. They got the Happy Dad Seltzer brand. They got all these types of merch. They got probably the biggest one of the biggest podcasts in the world now as well. Yeah, like they be they've been on Air Force One with Trump and they've like, they did like a Trump podcast that got taken off YouTube and it yeah. was a big like big thing that they got deleted off YouTube and that sort of stuff. But uh I think I think more than anything their brand kind of crosses over with mine in the sense <laughs> no, it's like it's MMA, they like to party a little bit, they yeah. they golf, all that sort of shit. They they kind of they don't take themselves too seriously, but but they they are go-getters and uh you know I think that's why it worked well. So what did, what did like, what, what have you done with them thus far? Because obviously I played, we maybe we'll just touch on the golf day mm. because in your defense, you did ask me like probably a few days before the day, like, do you want to play golf? And I was like, mate, the last time I played, it was so bad. You I were gonna, nervous. I was going to go get a lesson because yeah. I'm like, I need three months. I had three months off. Yeah. And then you hit me up like 8 PM the night before being like, you sure you don't want to play? Yeah. And I was like, fuck. All right, man. I've, I've got to, I've got to take this opportunity. I've got to play. Yeah. And I was shitting myself. You were, you were yeah. nervous as fuck. Yeah. But it was without patronizing you. It was good because you were that, you kind of, everyone else was relaxed because we couldn't be as bad as you. Yeah. So right? yeah, I and gave everyone a lift. Yeah. Everyone yeah. And, and everyone, even them and us, we were all sort of like, by the end of it, it was this fun joke of like, yeah. come on, Jake. Like, <laughs> come on, you got to be one. fair, do you know what? I wasn't even as bad as what I thought as nah, well. No, you creamed a few. Yeah, like, as soon like, as you warmed into it, you were good. Yeah. It was just like, fuck, to be fair, a lot of them, like even Katie, the girl, Katie Sigmund, she's like a, she can hit the ball. Yeah. Like yeah. she couldn't really control where it was going, but yeah. she can fucking cream them if she wants. Yeah. Yeah. She swings pretty hard. Yeah, but that that day on the golf course, and this is this is the perks, obviously pre fire camp for Jack. It's like we could have like a drink or two with them whilst we're going around the course. The course was so hospitable. All those guys, they were shooting content. 
like a lot of them, including me, like we were getting hammered. Yeah. You and your brother well, were kind we of tame. We were driving, but, so I could. Yeah, you and, your, you and your brother were tame, but we were getting like hammered on the course. Yeah. Well, I rang <laughs> the golf course and I was like, hey, um, who, like, do you guys have tea times available tomorrow? And the guy goes, oh, I've got a few. Um, I said, okay, uh, I'm bringing the Nelk boys out, so we might need like a bit of time because they want to film some content and stuff. And he goes, bullshit. The Nelk boys. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, who is this? And I'm like, oh, it's Jack Jenkins. And he goes, the UFC fighter. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, bullshit. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, nah, for real. And he's like, you're bringing the Nelk boys out to our course tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I'll talk to the manager right now. He's like, I just took over our TikTok account. I took over our Instagram. Um, if we can get some content, we'll sort it all out. Didn't you drop then, Tommy Horan as well? Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, oh, and I was giving him the names and I was like, we're also playing with uh, Tom Power Horan and Tommy just won like a heap of Oz PJ events and punched his DP World Tour card and they were like, fuck, bullshit, Tommy as well. Like they were just, <laughs> this kid was like so astounded. And then we went out and we got to the second hole and I'm in the cart with Salim and he looks at me and he goes, yo, should we get some shots? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, all right. So I, I messaged the guy. I'm like, Hey, the boys are looking for some shots. So they came out with shots. Everyone does one. And then Salim, the guy goes, I oh, just let us know what you want for drinks. And Salim looks at him and goes, can you bring us a shot every second hole <laughs> until we finish? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, well, fuck, all right. So they ended up hammered by the yeah, time. We only, we only got like 14 holes done, I think. Yeah, we had to skip a few because we had like a- We had a big long we lunch We had a big break, long lunch and everyone shit. was like almost had, a, had needed to have a sleep. Yeah. yeah. That was probably like, we well, we played a lot of golf for the last few years, but I reckon that was like one of my favorite golf days of all time. It was one of the funnest days I've ever had on the course. Yeah, like such was, a good energy and we were all just pumping each other up. And to be fair, we played like, we played in Ambrose, like two team Ambrose. Yeah. And it was- they had Tom Power Horan, who's a tour player. Me, I had Tom you Power and, and Katie. Katie, and then it was me, Salim, Benny, and Chaffee. Yeah. And we were even through nine holes, so it was like it was actually a good game. There was a bit of competitive. I think we only won there. by one or two. Yeah, shots. you won by one or one or two. Like shots, it was close the whole way. It was naked. Yeah. You guys, to be fair, your group. Like I'd like to see you guys play that round again. Yeah, that consistently. Like you guys were fighting for like which ball to choose. Yeah, and me and Tom. Well, Tommy's ball was like ten meters in front. You got like three behind. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? We're here? all playing pretty well. Hey? Yeah, you played. You had a great day. The yeah, hybrid's was, your best friend. I love the hybrid. <laughs> yeah, Just with it. Yeah. But yeah, no, nah, it was good. And then, um, you know, obviously our friend uh, Geordie played his 150th. Shout out. And it, and it was just such a lucky time because um, Geordie and I have become quite close over the past, you know, year or so. And, you know, I go watch most of his games with you and, and Ian that when whenever I can. And I thought I was going to miss the 150th or whatever because I was over in the US or fight camp and I wouldn't be able to, you know, celebrate a little bit with him. And then- Jordy gets suspended. <laughs> yeah. Good on him. That's right. Three, yeah, weeks. three yeah, weeks. Fuck, you did too. I didn't it, even it, think of that. And then it pushed it back. So I was going to be home for it. And uh, yeah, got to take the boys for that. And, and we took them into the rooms and, you know, just trying to give them a little bit of our culture. And I'm like the most, yeah. I'm the most pro Melbourne person you'll ever meet. Like someone talks about Sydney and I'm like, fuck Sydney. Or like, like I love Melbourne. This is yeah. like, that's why I'm so excited eventually to fight here because I just love this city so much. Um, and so I'm like, taking the boys into the Collingwood rooms at the, the G for Geordie's 150th. And like, they got watching Nick Dacos. Like he might be the best ever eventually. Yeah. And like watching him play live on They've the weekend. They had no idea. They had no idea. And I'm that trying one. to, I'm trying to do, explain things. I'm like, <laughs> this team's like the Lakers for us. It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. the biggest team we have, like yeah. Collingwood. And, and then we're in the rooms and, and all the boys are getting around them and, 
and we all went out and had a big one. And yeah. we don't need to explain too much about that. It was, it was no, it was just uh, the only thing I will say in the night out is like, dude, their lifestyle is like it's fucking like they are famous. Oh yeah, like their on. their area wherever they were, like people just like even obviously Melbourne, they're big in Australia, but like it's still quite crazy to see. Yeah, they're massive. They're massive. Eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I sort of let them go for a bit. Um, they went to a different club, and then, um their security hit me up and was like, Slim wants to know if Jack's coming. Yeah. And I'm like- They really love and you. And I'm like- They oh. really do love you. I'm like, all right, I'll come, but I'm only coming if I can bring my 30 friends from back of Smart. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. they're like, all right, all right. Yeah. So then I, I like, all right, we got, we got to go. And I round up like my 30 friends from back of Smart. We roll down to the next club. We all walk in. And I'm like, this place is hectic. Yeah, this it, was, is too it was too much. much. It was yeah. too much. It was good for them though. I think yeah, they yeah, wanted well, content yeah, and all content that stuff. Stuff would have been sick. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that was uh that was the last week, and it was it was uh, full on, and I'm glad I did it. But then Monday it was uh up and and down to the ring gym in Braybrook to get back to work. Yeah, so are you officially in fight camp now? Yeah, for I Sydney? mean, I started fight camp on Monday. Monday, which is eight weeks, which is perfect for me. You know, the last one I only had five weeks really. So I've got eight, I've, I've got eight weeks essentially to get ready. I'm already, I've, I'm carrying a fair bit of residual fitness from my last, from my last fight, um, which is really good. And, uh, I think, um, I've, ne- I've never been as excited for an event or to fight as I am for this one. Yeah. Um, just because the, there's so many things that have come together at the same time, um, Contender series, there's so much stress because you don't know whether you're going to get in or not. And then there's visa troubles. And then Perth was my UFC debut. So there was a bit of, I don't know how this is all going to go. So I was just trying to take it all in. Um, then there was the one in the US. I had more visa trouble again. It was crazy, man. Wasn't yeah. It? it was like, I remember we, you know, we were having coffee, me and you and some of our other friends after we trained in the morning. And I said something along the lines of this Friday, if the visa isn't done, I'm we're pulling out of the fight. Yeah, like it's, it's just too unfair. late notice. It's, it's, I can't be expected to get over there and acclimatize to a guy in his hometown without enough time. Mm. Um, and my cutoff that I'd made agreement with my coach and I would had a, a, you know, a mental agreement with myself, no visa by Friday, I'm done. And then I got the call for the visa on Thursday that my appointment was on Friday. So it was like, oh. okay, we're going. So it's like, oh, we're in. But uh, this one, I I had that time after the fight in the US. I suppose we can circle back to the fight and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I've come home and I just feel like so mentally and physically like energized to go again. And I know exactly what I'm in for. It's a fight in Australia, in a city I'm comfortable with, with an organization that I'm comfortable with now. And uh, I, I, I'm really ready to just go out there and, and show up. Do you... Do you feel any pressure at all? Because every time I speak to you about this stuff, you're so high energetic or you've got such high energy and such positivity. Mm. But at the same time, now there's like, like a lot, like I would feel more, I would feel pressure if I was you just because like, not even from the public, like all my mates are like riding every single punch and kick. Yeah. Like, but you kind of like embrace it, don't you? You see the best in it, I think. Yeah. Like pressure is a privilege, not a problem Yeah, in, in the way I look at it. Like, I've got pressure on me because there's expectations of me and there's expectations of me because of the way I've performed in the past or, you know, what, what people are saying or, or what, or lack of saying about me. Um, but the only pressure I put on myself is like to, to do really well by my standards. And I haven't got anywhere near that 
on the world stage yet. Like all three of my fights that have been sort of global attention on them, I haven't gone near my you know potential. I haven't had that breakout go yet where I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to mm. Sydney. And I think I've got an opponent who's going to give me the chance to show that. Yeah, do you know what I love though about that? And I want to ask you maybe why you think why that is, but um, <clears throat> good luck in sport, good teams can win ugly. Yeah. Like it's a great sign of like a championship team. Yeah. When, when you know how to win, when you're not at your best. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's actually like as good as performing well in as much as you would want to perform well, yeah. knowing you can do that's really fucking yeah. powerful. And see, honestly, I, I genuinely to you just said that I haven't thought about it like that. And that's a really good, well, a man, really like good point the best- to win on your off days. And, you know, I, I think in Perth, it wasn't an off day. I think I fought well in Perth, but I probably just didn't take a lot of risks mm. because there wasn't you know, I didn't want to take the risks there. And then in the last fight, I, I definitely wasn't at my A game. I was definitely well below, but I managed to like grind out and, and get the win. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for Sydney. Yeah. Like, just, pumped up. just on that, Jose Mourinho, he's, he got asked like, would you rather win 4-1 or 1-0? He's like 1-0. Mm. Like, you know, it's just like, you yeah. can, if you win ugly, you can win championships yeah. and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Well, that probably, that probably brings me to like, like, winning one nil when I was in Vegas, I was, I was staying at the same place that Volk and hooker and those boys were staying at. Is this their at hotel. fight week? Yeah. At when fight, fight week fight when week, I went yeah. to Vegas and, um, you know, Volk's manager organized a room for me and that sort of stuff. And it was awesome. And after the fights, like we went to the fights, it was one of the best cards I've ever seen. And we were sitting in the, um, we're sitting in the bar right next to the elevator and, I'd had a couple of drinks and Dan Hooker walked past after his fight and he was like in a sling. His face was, was beaten. all beaten up. He had a black eye. He had a couple of teammates with him and I got up straight away and walked over to the edge of the bar and he saw me and he came over. He's like, what's up, Jackie boy? And I just gave him a hug. I said, mate, well done. That was awesome. And then he turned and walked to the elevator and the only thing that went through my head was like envy. I was so jealous of that war that he'd been through. And I thought, I want that. Like that's, that's, that's what I want. I want to, I want to go to the depths and like, and be put in a position where you have the opportunity to give up and you just say, no, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. Um, he so, just put up a cold post about that, actually. Like, when mm. the fight starts, it's like that third, fourth round when you're bloody and beaten. Yeah. He goes, that's, like, when, that's when it's not a sport anymore. Yeah. It's and he's like, sport, that's, what he, that's what he fights for. It's I'm a like, fight. That's, and that's I think, cold. like, all of us who fight in the UFC, you have to have some kind of screw a little bit loose mm. um, because it's just so hard to get there. But looking, looking at him and, and the way he went through that, and I just thought, I want that. I want yeah. that so bad. So not that you don't want like super clean and clinical performances, but the chance to just to grit something out and win and have a, have a war with it, with another person in the cage is just really like that, that excites me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm preparing for that. So I'll, if we kind of strip it back a little bit, cause I want to, I just want to, cause we've never spoken on a public platform even from before until before Perth really. So we haven't spoken about Perth, but two wins, uh, two fights in the UFC, two big wins. One was on the home soil. One was in, you know, the Jacksonville, which wasn't an easy fight by any stretch, which will break down. But just to go into the Perth card, like a lot of people, even within the UFC, said that was like one of the best events they've run. The energy, the atmosphere. I think one of the UFC executives, I said this on here before, said Volk's entrance was like the biggest and best entrance he's ever seen. Mm. Which like, cause this was my first UFC event live. So I'm hearing all this. I'm like, really? This is like, it's crazy. Yeah. But it was one to me, it was probably the best sporting event I'd ever been to. Did you 
capture that or know that like when you were walking in, when you were fighting, 100%. you did, 100%. you could feel it. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so uh, every, same as you, everyone I've spoken to who was at the event and I've spoken to guys who were like played in AFL grand finals, who <laughs> have one, one AFL grand final. Luke Shuey, did yeah. he say that? Um, Cause he was, he was like, I remember who it was, on was but I remember thinking that's a big compliment. Wow. Um, People who have been to, you know, World Cups, people who have been to NBA championship games and that sort of stuff, and they've said, that was the best sporting event I've ever been to, hands down. <laughs> and I was there and and definitely felt that. Like I, oh. So when I was out the back, um, I said to my coach, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit nervous just in between when we were doing rounds. And he just smiled at me and he always knows what to say. He goes, I'd be more worried about you if you weren't nervous. And I was like, oh, good point. <laughs> and then um, we went we went out and they do this thing. This is pretty cool, actually. And no one will really know this, but the UFC, like their staff are so good. Like they have the best staff in the world, the way they treat you. Uh, I cannot speak highly enough from like the lady who does your makeup to the person who gets the water bottles, the person who does your uniform. Really? Every single one of them is just like, this person loves their job and they love working for the UFC. And uh, when you, I was like fight three and you start to see this pattern happen where as they're calling out fighters, they, there's this big, big uh, African-American guy and he's like, fighter on the move. <laughs> and then they get, they come and get you out of your room and they walk you down the hallway and he just like yells at the top of his lung. He's like, fighter on the move. And, I'm like, what the fuck's this? And then you see, and all the staff, like it doesn't matter whether they're in like sorting shit out, no matter what they're doing, they all come out into the hallway and they kind of like clap you. They're like, let's go, give you fist bumps and all this sort of stuff oh, and get you pumped up. That's awesome. And I'm like, oh, this is sick. Like it's going to be my turn soon. And that's when you start to get a bit nervous. And he comes into the room. He's like, Jack, you ready? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. And then you walk out and you've got all these faces that you've been seeing all week that have been looking after you like, looking after your meals, looking after your uniform, whatever it is. And they all come out and stop what they're doing. And they give you like a good luck, a handshake, a clap. And as he's, you're walking behind him and he's like, fighter on the move. And you're like, yeah, that's me. I'm the fighter. I'm, <laughs> that, I'm the fucking. That yeah. must G you yeah, up yeah, so you much. Up, you're like, I'm the man. That's I'm me. I'm the fucking guy. And then um, we walk out and you sit there and you kind of get the scope that you're about to walk out to the crowd. And I'm behind this curtain and I, I hear they're announcing Don Shanus. And he walks out and the crowd just boos, just mer mercilessly boos. Yep. And I, I looked at my brother and he was smiling and I said, if that's how loud they are for him, imagine how loud they're going to be when I walk out. And then my music started playing and like every nerve I had, any like doubts or second guesses just disappeared instantly. Wow. Um, and I walked out and I love that song, um, the eight mile song that I walk out to. Yeah. And uh, I just couldn't wipe the smile off my face the whole walk out. And it was like a very zoned in. Like I wasn't, sometimes you don't want to get too caught up in it. And I definitely wasn't that, but I just thought that walk out in that moment, every fight and sacrifice and everything up until that point was worth it as soon as I walked out. Yeah. And it wasn't like an acceptance that, oh, this is it for me. I'm, I've here, I've made it. But it was just like 
This oh, is what I've always wanted to do and I'm here now. Like go show everyone what you, what you can do. There's no better feeling than that in the world. Oh, I, I, I think that that you'll chase. It's also someone, a uh, coach told me once when I made the AIS, he goes, now the hard work starts, mm. which I was like, what? Really? Yeah. That sucks. Because, but it's the same thing. It's like you take it in, but then actually now the fucking, now your career starts. Really. Yeah. Now your UFC legend status or, you know, mm. pedigree gets built. Yeah. That's, you don't want to just get there and, and get out. You want to get there and be, be the guy. Correct. You want to make fucking bank loads of money and, and get big deals and, and be that guy. Yeah. Well, the Perth fight, obviously against uh, your opponent, you broke another leg, which becoming like quite famous in Australia mm. now, I think. I don't know if his leg actually broke. Or fracture. Um, was it a fracture? I'm not sure the, the exact diagnosis. All I know is that they had to take him to hospital and the doctors wouldn't let him fly for like nine days. Fuck. So he just Some had to- leg damage? Yeah, just because there was just so much damage that, that they were worried about him flying with it. Um. You know what? While we're on, I feel sorry for old Don. He he got the rough end of the stick with his UFC run. So he took a short notice fight against Sadiq Yusuf, which Sadiq's a top ten guy, and he got submitted quickly. He had to cut like twenty five pounds in a week or something, which is crazy. And then um, he came to the other side of the world and fought me. And I don't. I'm not just an average featherweight. I'm a, I'm a I'm an up and comer who who's got really big ambitions. So he came over and got me, and then he got cut. So oh, did I, he get I, cut? Yeah, oh, respect, so I, man. We yeah, feel that. That so sucks. I feel, I still, I feel bad for Don. I feel like he should have got one more shot, you know, against someone. Maybe, maybe an American versus an American, where over there, give someone else a shot and go here. Well, here you go. Give him one more chance because he had two tough goes at it. Um, that's how cutthroat it is, though. Yeah, it's, it's really good to know and that and for and like you, the listeners. Yeah, out you got to think about it from both just ends. Everyone assumes that we got Jack Dallas and Jack Jenkins and Volks. Yeah, it's that easy. It's yeah. not. Hundred percent. And then if you go my, if mine, if that fight had gone the other way, my second fight would have been like back against the wall. You lose this, you could be gone. Mm. Right? It's it's so cutthroat, and that's what you don't think about that stuff too much until it gets to fight week, and then you cut and wait, and you start thinking, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is fucked. Oh man, was it a sense of like relief or like almost validation to like give you belief after that Perth win? Um, the Perth one was like just. I was ecstatic. Like it was yeah. the best thing in the world. Um, after the Jacksonville one, it was more relief because it was back against the wall, like late fight camp started other side of the world. Wasn't sleeping well, mm. wasn't, you know, wasn't feeling great. So that was more relief, but the, it's just different for every fight. You never know what you're going to feel before or after it. You just got to get out there and do it. Man, it's, um, I know the camp, like for those I'm going into Jacksonville, right? I know the camp you put in. Did you say it was a shortened camp? Yeah. It was what, only why, five weeks. Is that, why was that? Cause of your. No. So what happened was they, I was begging for a fight in June, right? Cause I wanted to fight. Let me fight in June. Let me fight in June. Let me fight in America. And then let me come back for Sydney. And I'd kind of been told by the UFC, we kind of want you to wait until September, right? And that was my chance. I could have gone, all right, I'll wait until September. No harm done, like whatever. But I was like, no, I want to fight in June, right? Fuck. And then he's like, mm, okay. So, but then it waited and I hadn't had a fight booked and I'd kind of gone, oh, well, he's just not going to get me a fight. I'll just wait until September. And then he goes, you can fight in five weeks in Jacksonville in Florida. This is the opponent. And then the option comes to you then. It's like, I've just pestered and pestered this guy <laughs> you know, i'm like i've i've been like i'm the guy let me fight let me fight in june and he's come back and give you a fight and i'm like i can't then go mm, it's a little short notice there like Damn. you just got to cop it so i'm like fuck go time um and that's on me too like if i wasn't i was training really hard um already before that but 
probably was a little heavy than I, that I would have been if I had eight weeks or whatever. So it wasn't like it was ever going to be a, a struggle for me to get there or anything. It's just mentally, it's easier to prep over eight weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we went over and, and it was a good fight. Bro, before you, yeah, it was a great fight, actually. It gave us all fucking, we we're all, uh, everyone in Australia was up. What time was it? It was like 2 a.m., I think it was. So late. Yeah, it was so late, man. It was so, do you know, pretty, uh, pretty much everyone might be in my category is we went from like a club yeah, yeah. to to a house to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like it was like either we go to sleep and wake up or like all the lads, let's just go out. Yeah. And like, so by the time, so the, the problem was with your fight because of the way you won and you won in general. Yeah. We were, we've gone from being tired, hanging on for this fight, to having an absolute second wind that yeah. sailed us home into like the, the dark hours of the morning. The morning. Yeah. And they're oh, like, fuck fun. you, Jack. But yeah. just to go back to your camp, because I know it was only five weeks and you mentioned how hard you were training. Um, and I know people say, oh, well, you know, you've, you've always got to stay prepared and stuff. But I, I remember you saying to me probably a week before you went to Jacksonville when you went on a run, like it was one of the fittest you'd ever felt or one of the fittest times oh, you'd, you'd sort of ever like been fighting for. hundred percent. And um, fitness and everything felt good in that my second week out sparring. So my last sparring session or second to last sparring session, I've, I was just like on, just had one of those days where you're just yeah. on and like, it was essentially like I couldn't get hit and I couldn't miss. Like anything I threw land, everything everything they threw at me, it was like it was in slow motion. Like I could see everything. And sometimes you just have those nights and it's important not to get too wrapped up in them because one day you walk out of there feeling like, just give me Islam. Give me, doesn't matter who you give me, like mm. they're, they're done. And then you have other days where you, you'll have some of the amateurs who will start catching you in the gym and you feel like a bum. Like you feel mm. like no, you could get beaten by anyone. So it's important not to ride the highs too much or ride the lows too much. Yeah. Um, but I felt fucking really good after that. And then it just goes to show. And then two weeks later, I didn't feel great in the cage, but yeah. you just got to, you got to be, as, yeah, that's a good point. You just got to figure it out. You've one of, one of the things you've said, and I just want you to share like about your, not necessarily a relationship with Volk, but obviously you've trained quite a lot with Volk over the years. And one thing for you that really stood out in his game was his cardio. Mm. And I know that's something you've really taken legitimately into your own sort of game or, or combat um, skill set. Yeah. So I'll do like everything I can. I'll probably, the only thing that will I'll put above cardio training in my schedule is like actual on the mat time. So whether I'm hitting pads or sparring or grappling, that's the only thing that takes precedence over my cardio training. Um, you know, my physio Anna will attest to the fact that I'll just not show up for appointments because like, (laughs) I've just got like, I've got an hour spare. I'm, I'm doing sprints or I'm I'm going for a run. Like, and I just just say, and she'll be like, you coming in today? And I'll be like, yeah, sorry. I'm not coming in. (laughs) She's she's like, you're fucking hopeless. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so the, the only thing that takes precedence over my cardio training, so whether it be running, sprinting, biking, or, you know, fight-based conditioning, like med ball slams and that sort of stuff is actually on the mat training. Um, and Volk, you can look up to him in, in so many different ways. Um, you know, we were out after his fight, um, and I was sitting next to him in the booth and it was pretty hectic. Like, and I think to an extent he probably goes to those things because he, you know, gets paid or, or or has to show up or something like that. Um, I was sitting next to him and he had the belt over one shoulder. He's got Shaq up there calling his name. He's got all this different shit going on. And I looked at him on his phone and he's like, um, 
looking at either photos or videos of his daughters that have been sent through or something, right? Oh, By his wife, I'm sure. And I just thought like, that's the kind of guy you want to be. Yeah. Like you want to, all this bullshit going on and you focus on what's important, which which is your family. And and he's doing that, like all the, all the wins he's racking up, all the money in the bank. And I hope he's got that many zeros on the end, but it's all for that, which is cool. Yeah, that's fucking, that's pretty cool because mm. he's the guy. Like, yeah. He's the guy. And yeah, that's yeah, how he sure. is. And don't get me wrong. He parties too. Like we've been out together a yeah, few times straight. and he parties. No, we're like, all the same. And we have a good time. But yeah. that, that was cool that in, in those moments where you're, you're as high as you could go and, and, and that sort of stuff, what, what's really important is that. And, that, and that's, you know, I feel like that too. Like I, when you have those really, really good moments, it, it's it's the, your family and you know the people you grew up with, and and that's super important. Hey, legends! Just a quick break in this episode to thank our partners, Dabble, the gambling agency where you dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Please only bet what you can and are willing to lose. Now, Dabble is one of the great platforms out there. I absolutely love using it. Very similar to Instagram where you can follow some of the head honchos in the different sports, copy their bets and get some good wins on the board. Now, fortunately for me, I've been working with Dabble for over a year. This year, we are doing a stream every Tuesday night. It's called Jake's Take. It's from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. where you can go in the Dabble app. You can join me. We get guests on every week. We bet on the dogs. We have an absolute ball and they're talking about sport and cutting up the shop around what's going around town across all codes. So come on down, check it out, dabble socially, gamble responsibly, and let's get back into the episode. For those that don't know, what was Jacksonville like? Like before we get into the fight, what's the actual? Because they've got, a, I'm pretty sure they got an NFL team. But yeah, like, yeah. So Jacksonville Beach was unreal. Like we it? loved it. So we had this little Airbnb, and it was kind of we were only there for like, I think we were there for like five days, but it felt like. Felt like two months. Oh, like you're a we had, Yeah, we had like we had these bikes that we would ride, and we'd ride down the street just waving to everybody, and everyone's real friendly. <laughs> and we had a coffee spot that we would go to, and uh, it was it was unbelievable. We loved Jacksonville, and like one night, um, you know, my homie that I took, little Jacob, and my brother, like they were. They were coming home and I think it was a Saturday and I was in bed and they come home and they're like, oh, you should have seen this house party we went into. It was <laughs> sick. And Jacksonville Beach is really fun. Yeah. Jacksonville? Yeah. Well, okay. I, well, I'll put it this way. I walked in and um, Justin Tuffer says to me, gee, what do you think of Jacksonville? And I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, the beach is nice. And he goes, bro, this joint's a shithole. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, fuck. It's not great. It wasn't great. Yeah, but it's just a downtown. Everywhere else was really cool. Oh, that's mad. Um, but yeah, Jacksonville was was uh, a good experience, I think. More, yeah. than, more than anything, I took a lot from it in terms of, um, you know, growth, like doing things differently and setting yourself up right and that sort of thing. And now I have a two-year visa, so I'll never have to deal with visa trouble again. Oh, that's a relief. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. yeah. So Jamal Emmers, was that someone you had had on your radar mm, prior yeah. to the UFC putting that yeah. forward? Or I knew who he was and I liked the fight, but it kind of said a little bit – it said a little bit about the UFC's opinion of me when they gave me him in my second fight because his last fight, he fought a 26-0 Russian who there was articles about this guy being like the next Khabib and, and this superstar on the up. And he came in with these huge raps on him and they gave him Jamal and Jamal dismantled him. Wow. And beat him up. So it was like, so they've gone from giving him a 26 and 0 Russian who's supposed to be the next big thing. He's won that fight pretty convincingly. And then they've gone, here's Jack Jenkins. Right. So there, there was, there was an element of, 
are they giving me this because they're pissed off that I pushed so hard for America? Or are they giving me this because they want to test me and see where I'm at? Or you just never know. Or do they not really care at this level? They're just fucking throwing names at you. So all those things go through your head. But I just took it as they think I'm good. They're going to give me a good opponent to see where I'm at. And I think that probably played out really well in the fight. It was a good match. Um, He had his strengths. I had mine. We both probably showed off a little bit of our own strengths. Um, But he was really high fight IQ, which is uh, I'm a high – fight IQ guy. So you saw things play out that probably didn't play out to like, you wouldn't have seen through the naked eye. And so you saw like at the end of the first round, you notice me start to get my range and stuff starts landing at the end of the first round. And I went back to the stool, like very confident, like I've got the range now. I know how he's moving. I've got a couple of reads, especially on his right hand. I thought I had the read and he comes out in the second round and it's like a different guy. He's like a fresh, like a completely different style in the second round. He's moving his feet different. His range is different. And I'm like, okay, go again. And I, I started to get some damage off. And um, then I go end of the second round. I'm like, okay, I got him now. Like I got the range now. Cause like you're a computer, right? You're trying to analyze what's in front of you and react to it. And my coach is saying, what's he hitting you with? And I'm like, he's only got that right hand to the body. Like you can hear it on the camera. I'm saying he's trying the right hand to the body. He wants me to drop my left hand and then he's going to bring the right hand. You're over saying the this out loud. Yeah, like so I, was, fight. I was saying this in the round break. Oh, okay, they were gotcha. like, what's he got? And I was like, he's throwing the right hand to the body. He wants me to drop my left hand. He wants to come over the top. What, you know? okay, do this, do this. And then in the third round, I'm like, no, I got this round. I'm like, it doesn't matter which version of him comes and I'll go southpaw for this or I'll hit the leg with this. Um, and then he comes out in the third round and just shoots yeah, and grapples. Yeah, he did. And I was like, fuck this. I was like, he's mixed this up on me well. And to scrape through that and end up, you know, and, uh, you know, when I was on the ground, I was super calm. Never felt I needed to do more to get back up. I thought we were going to get stood up a couple of times. Um but, you know, I lost that third round clearly. And then when we left and I'd got away with the win, you know, I was, I was happy I got the win, but I just thought never again, leave it that close. Like yeah. never again. <clears throat> so do you think, was it not necessarily that there was more you could have done because you obviously changed it up, which I also think the way you've described that. And one of my favorite things in life is listening to you talk about uh, fighting because mm. the way you break it down, my, my, I'm like, I'm, my, I'm like a little kid in a toy store. I'm like, what, yeah. what? That's what you saw? What the fuck? So it's pretty crazy. But I think it's a compliment to, to your game that he's had to try all those things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he had to change up. And he said to me, we didn't speak much after the fight, but he kind of said one thing to me. He said, I can't believe you've only had 13 fights. You're so composed for 13 really? fights. And, and that's a big compliment from someone as experienced as him and who's beaten the guys that he's been. Like he beat Corey Sandhagen. Yeah. That's what like I was going to say. I don't think any people in Australia knew how good he was. Yeah. He was really, really good. Yeah. But like, I'll give you a little one that was in the fight that, so I went to, um, I went to Southpaw and he threw a left, he threw a right hand straight down the pipe and I pulled off it and came back with a hard left hand and it just missed. And I heard his ca- his coach say, you know, the counter now. So like draw that counter out again. So I've gone into my head and gone, he's going to go right hand, pull right hand. So I'm going to go right. I'll pull off his right hand and throw the right hand. But instead of then leaving it there, I'm going to clean up with my right hook. Like I've gone into, I've thought about what his coach told him to do. Picked what I think is going to be his next move off that. And then thought about the counter for that. Like within the, within the scope of like probably half a second, I'd thought if he goes pull, if he goes cross, pull, cross, I'm going to go 
pull cross hook and and get on top of that shot. So yeah, and that's just off his coach saying shit. So wow, dude, you, you can you can get pretty. Thick in the weeds with that sort of stuff. Man, how are you allowed in coals like around normal civilization? <laughs> this is the way these guys just picking up danger, just fucking yeah. bah, bah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it was, Man, it was one of the one of the greatest fights. I mean, probably a unpopular question to people because we're glad you won. But how did you feel going into the decision? Did you feel uh, you'd done enough? Could have gone either way. Yeah. I thought the first two the first two rounds, I thought I did more damage. Um, but it depends how you see it. And I definitely walked him down. So it's the the criteria for scoring is damage first and foremost, um, then position and control, then aggression then ring control and I thought I had the damage in the first two rounds I had mm. the position I had the ring control and I had the aggression for the first two rounds right right and it and the stats back that up okay right? and then I clearly lost the third which just is never a good way to finish a fight yeah right? yeah um and I thought the second round was probably this the swing round which could have gone either way and then um yeah they read out the scorecards and I was just like thank fuck for that because yeah. I would have like we, you know people talk about uh, fighter pay and that sort of stuff a little bit. I'm on a base level contract, right? So to put it in perspective, if I had lost that fight, I would have come home probably ten grand in the red. Fuck I probably would have been. I probably would have would have ended up ten grand in debt by the time I paid for coaches' flights, all of our food and stuff. We were when we were over there. Um, you know, you know, bits and pieces from fight camp, not work, not working anymore, and that sort of stuff. Had I lost that fight, it probably would have been ten grand in the red. Wow. So, so even the commercial model of like stacks up with the actual octagon. Like you actually, it's a fight for everything. Oh, like 100%. you earn everything that you fucking- 100%. And, everyone, and this is like what, you know, I believe in myself to this extent. Everyone I've spoken to, like Sean Strickland is this funny guy. I spoke <laughs> to Sean Strickland after I got my contract and everyone says, get off your base contract as quick as you can. Like don't. Don't fight on that base contract for any longer than you need to. Mm. And most people you you would be able to, if you go 2-0 in the UFC, you can renegotiate and get off your base contract. And me and my coach kind of spoke about it because I manage myself. I don't have a manager. Mm. Um, and, you know, I like it that way. I'm, I'm, I'm the master of my own ship. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in charge of what happens. And we're like, should we hit them up and try and renegotiate? And I thought about it for about an hour and then I was like, Nah, fuck that. I'm just going to show up in Sydney, have like an explosive fight, which puts me like into the stratosphere in terms of hype, and then I'll renegotiate. So I'm just back myself. Yeah, because I could could try and get off this dog shit contract now, but I'm going to wait and- you know, I'll stick it out for one more so that when my when my chips get higher, then I can come to the table. Well, it might be an extra zero after Sydney. Yeah, like exactly. Shit. That's, yeah, that's exactly. what you're trying to say, right? 100%. got more bargaining power. Yeah. yeah. And I've got no qualms about like taking le- – I've taken no money for fucking 10 years to get here, right? So I'm not going to throw all my chips in yeah. the first chance I get. I'm going to go, well, no, nah, I'll wait a little longer and, and cash in in a different time. Yeah, that's one thing. That's what I love about you. I know I've told you, but for the listeners is like how calculating how strategic you are and it actually, not just in life, but in, in your actual fighting as well. But when we spoke about um, Jamal Emmers, just to round this out, because you said after the fight to me that that was, that was probably the best fight you've ever fought, mm. which is a bit of a unique sport in a sense, because every probably fighter you're going to fight from here on out, maybe as you move up the rankings, is probably going to be a better fight in the previous one or a different challenge. Yeah. But um, like your preparation going into that, you what you sort of articulated to me pre-fight, was it what you expected or is it different in the octagon in regards to his setup and style? Um, it was pretty much what I had expected, except 
I anticipated that after I'd established the range that he would stick to what he was good at. Um, and he didn't do that. When I established the range, he made the, he made the choice to go away from his A game just because he, he'd probably go on. I don't want to keep doing that. I've got to get a, a different look. And he got his different look, but again, that wasn't enough to probably take me out. Um, so then he changed to the grappling in the third round, which I was surprised because I thought, yeah, I thought he would want to stand. Yeah. Did you think, did you, did anyone in the UFC, like, did you think that was anyone that thought you wouldn't win that fight? Because I mean, Australia was pretty bullish thought, you were going to win. Thought I wouldn't win. Yeah, that you wouldn't win. Did oh, people think, know. did people back Emmons? Because he's so, like, yeah. just for those listening, like Jamal Emmons is like a legit fighter. Like yeah. he's fucking, yeah, he's you said Corey Sanhey, like he's a fucking proper fighter. Yeah. And a lot. you weren't as loud going into the fight either because you had like, not fear, but just genuine respect for like respect this guy. Respect for him for he's, sure. he's been around, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think a lot of people in the game were watching that fight. Like, there's a lot of people inside the UFC who had eyes on that fight. Yeah. Like, when we walked into the PI, my my friend who was with me couldn't believe the kind of people who were coming up to me saying, hey, I watched a fight that was really no. good and that sort of stuff. Real some names. Yeah. Come on, name drop, bro. Well, Cody Garbrandt. Fuck, Cody Garbrandt big. came straight up and he said, he, he was like, what's up, Jack? Really, oh, Jack like, now, yeah, like, boy. First name. Yeah. I was like, what's up? What's up, Cody? No, 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 no. He was in the cage and he's fucking quick. We were watching him yeah. hit pads. And then he came over. He's like, it was a really good fight. And um, Dominic Cruz, uh, he loves we you. Were at, well, we're, yeah, Cruz. Well, we partied with Cruz like three nights. Like, oh, he's right. an animal. Yeah. And then I was sitting on, I was, uh, we're at this Encore Beach Club and I was sitting on the, I was sitting on <clears> the <throat> booth and I was a bit like, I was a bit um, like pissed. And we'd been out for a while and then this massive guy walks in across the booth and he just does this to me. <laughs> and I look and I'm like, who is that? And it's Jamal Hill. Like, Get the fuck out. Uh, light heavyweight champ of the world. And I'm like, oh, this could go two ways. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he walks up and he's like, shakes it up with me. He's like, great fight. That was was really he at good. the fight? Yeah, he was at the Jackson. Yeah, I thought he was and too. He was like, great fight. Good job. Wow, uh, dude. That's cool. Yeah, and Dom Cruz, obviously, he commentated, and um, he sent me a really nice message afterwards about you know how I um how I articulate after fights and and look back and how I'm I'm sort of self critical, but in an honest way, not in a not in just a negative way, in a in a way that reflects probably what happened in the fight. And he he had a lot of respect for the way I do that, which is big because it's and I said this to Dom when we were out. It's crazy for me. He's there calling my fight and speaking about, you know, techniques I'm using and stuff. And I was 15 watching Dom Cruz fight for world championships, think mm. like, oh, he's the guy. So it's a cool full circle. Yeah. Well, it's pretty compliment. I mean, they're all in all sports that when they move into commentary, I think they're the best commentators yeah. the previous because they see things that we don't, yeah. like the fan doesn't. Yeah. And Cruz, Cruz is good because he doesn't take like shitty answers. <laughs> like if you... If you're in your commentary thing and you reel off like something cliche, yeah, he'll just be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like he'll, that. he'll pull you up on it. Yeah. He's and I've, I've seen him do it before. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I give him a, on, an honest answer. Yeah. Have you had any, did you have any engagement with Dana after the fight? Like no, fight week or I anything like that? I only saw him once. And the only thing I thought was, fuck, he's looking jacked. Yeah. He's lost, he's got has like, he lost weight. He's got like veins coming out of his biceps. <laughs> he was wearing this like nice tight polo. He was walking around. I was like, that's my boss. Oh, that's, my that's gangster. Yeah. yeah. So like, for, I've, I've always wondered like, like with UFC fighters, like 
in between fights, like who's the people that you're speaking to? Like who are the people checking in on you or are they like, is there anything like that? Like con- like constant engagements happening like There's behind the scenes? There's different departments that do things. So one thing they do really well is check up on your health and stuff. Okay. So like I have a handler for my health and insurance claims and stuff and she'll send like four or five emails the week after the fight. Hey, how's Jack doing? How did he pull up? Any injuries from the fight? You know, I want to open an insurance claim if he does. If he doesn't, let me know. And then, um, you know, I had a bit of a problem with my tooth after one of my fights and it's sort of recurring now. And she's always checking up. She's like, oh, that's she's bad. like, she's like, I can get you in in Vegas. Maybe like we can do this. And I'm like, I'd rather just wait till I get home and sort it out then. And she's like, okay, just make sure you, you keep me on top of it. And then I've got, um, like we have our Australian team who, mm. who help with us. Um, and I haven't had a lot to do with them yet. It's more just like little bits and pieces here and there. Um, and then, uh, I got contacted by the guy who's in charge of media for, for like a certain section of their media stuff. And they want to do like a feature piece on me in the lead up to Sydney. So they're sending a camera crew over to follow me for like three days in August. Yeah, um, boy. And do, do heaps of stuff like that. And that. So we had to have a meeting at the PI where they're like, you know, we want to focus on this part of your life and, and we want to, you know, what do you want to show? And I was like, I was like, the main thing I want to show is how much I love like my hometown and Melbourne as a city yeah. um, and some other stuff. And then they were like, they were, they were like, look, we know you really like horse racing. Like, can we put some like, horse, <laughs> can we put some horse racing stuff in it? And I'm like do you want to go to track work at Flemington one morning and we'll go into the stables? I'm like, I know a few trainers and jockeys and stuff. We can go into the stables and take the cameras and watch the horses work and stuff. And they're like, yeah, hundred percent. That's going to be unbelievable. So we're going to go to Flemington. There was even talk about me, you know, riding a horse, doing some beach work. (laughs) That's taking the the Michael. Could you ride a horse? Yeah. Yeah. I could ride. Yeah. Is that like from like get, back I'd, a stage you were just riding horses or like you just know we, we, how to- We rode horses growing up a little bit, but like you just get on a placid, placid horse and you, you go out and you get reacquainted with them fairly easily, I right, reckon. okay. They was talk, but I would have to get my- um, I'd struggle. I'd have to get like my stable hands license or something to do that. Uh, so okay. we'll put that one on the back burner next uh, time. That's exciting, man. Well, for, for those that um, didn't really catch what you said before, after the Jacksonville fight and the win, which erupted at all of Australia at 3 a.m., mm. Um, you spent a bit of time over in the States. More importantly, you got time in Vegas where you got to watch a lot of the other Aussies fight and so forth. Like what was fight week like for us that, that weren't there? Because apparently it's like the biggest and best week in the UFC in Vegas. Right? Yeah, it was so, huge. And I was trying to soak it in as a fan. I was trying to yeah, just like, just cool, right? I was just trying to like be there. And there's, there's this one part where, um, when we went in, my dad had like a man bag <laughs> and, um, they wouldn't let him take it into the venue, but I'd already gone through security, but I hadn't scanned my ticket in yet. And we had to stand there while my dad went and put his bag in a locker. And I was like waiting. And then you just hear like, Jack, Jack. <laughs> and the, and I look and then you hear like, it is him. I told you. No. And then you get like, like a group of people coming up for photos. And then once somebody notices you, then it's, it's like another, and it's in. all UFC fans. So it's going to be like, if there's any demographic where you're going to get spotted, it's there. And then we ended up with a bit of a line, like waiting at security and security. were like, what the fuck's going on? Mm. This guy hasn't even come into the venue yet. And they were lining up on the other side of the balustrades to get photos with me and stuff. And, um, that was pretty cool. And I was trying to like- um, That's in the States too. Yeah. 
And I was trying to like get amongst it and enjoy that, like be be around the fans and stuff. Cause a lot of the fighters get sat down on the floor and away from it and you're a bit excluded. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll be up here. I'll, I'll hang with all the people. Ah, man of the people. And uh, yeah, it was good. The fight card, you couldn't really have asked for a better fight card. Like insane. immense, insane, immense fight bro. card. Some of the performances on there are so inspiring. Like the flyweight title fight, Dan Hooker, we've already touched on that. Um, and, and probably the biggest one, just Volk. Yeah. Did you, just, I mean, everyone, you, you expected Volk to be, yeah, you didn't Yeah, you? I had him. I but, had him. But that, that sort of like convincing in a sense. Yeah. I probably, I probably had it exactly. How yeah. It Cause went. you, you were bullish. I was like, fuck man. I watched you here in Perth. Like that guy's dangerous. Yeah. Man. Everyone, dexterity. Yeah, and I was but like, you, were, you were chill. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, fuck. All right. No, nah, I thought. I thought Which changed Volk, my view to be honest. Yeah. I thought Volk had all the tools to beat him. Yeah. I think I told you go back and watch Frankie Edgar versus yeah. Yaya Rodriguez. And then you can see it. It's hard to fix big, big holes, and I think Yai has come a long way. And I've, I've, I think he's probably the third or fourth best guy in that division. But uh, I just thought Volk's style and the way he he reads fights is second to none, and he yeah. was going to be able to shut down that left kick. Yeah, fucking oath. Um, my one of my favorite Aussie fighters outside of you, and obviously Volk, and I reckon. I think he's a real deal is Jack Della. Like his fucking card got thrown around a bit, but fucking just his win. Wild. Like that was like, it. that was probably his first real like fucking belt of a fight. And mm. he still just like dominated in, yeah. in a sense. He's scary, think, bro. Yeah, he's scary. I think that was probably as, as bad as you'll ever see Jack Della. Yeah. And, and my, my reasoning behind that is, he cut to 77 kilos, so he cut to 170 Friday morning. So just to give you an idea, I don't know Jack's specific details about his weight cut, but if I just base it on what I know about most welterweights, so he probably started fight week at about 84 kilos, right? He's lost his opponent. He's still cutting weight, like waiting to find out if, he, if he's got an opponent. He gets his new opponent, the, the second guy who he was going to fight, keeps cutting weight, wakes up Friday morning, makes weight. So he goes from about 84 kilos, I would imagine, maybe he's heavier, maybe he's lighter, down to 77. And that week involves like you cut carbs, you cut a lot of salt, um, you sweat to, to get your body weight down. Then he rehydrates, his fight gets cancelled, he goes back up to that 84 mark, right? Then he's waiting, waiting, waiting. Tuesday they tell him, we got you another fight, this Basil guy, and then he has to go, Right, I'm cutting weight again. So he gets his body all the way down to 77 again. The mental fortitude to be able to do that and stay locked in for the fight. Jack's special in that way. Like I think he's got one of the best fight minds and and the best like ability to just focus in on the task at hand. I think he's probably one of the best in the world at that. Um, but then he cuts down, rehydrates, and then goes in there and fights. So twice in a week, he's gone 84 to 77, back up to 84, back down to 77. And then 24 hours later, he's in a cage with a guy who a lot of people had said, this guy's really, really good and he belongs in the UFC. And he obviously did. Mm. I thought you can't say it was definitely the weight cut, but the way I looked at it, what Jack's brilliant at is he gets in and he hits you with like that three piece and finishes to the body. And then he moves just out of the way. And then you throw your counter shot and you miss and you're off balance and you've just been hit three times. And then he's boom, boom, boom again. And he's done that. He's done that in every fight. And I thought that maybe he was just a fraction off and he was trying to throw the like fourth or fifth shot. And then he was getting clipped a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you know, 
I, I, I think he is genuine world championship material and to go through all of that and still get the win and perform like he did speaks way more to him and his how high his ceiling is rather than some people are looking at as a negative like split decision to a yeah. guy who's just come in the UFC. Don't fucking look at it that way. Yeah. Look at it the opposite way. Go. He did two weight cuts, completely new opponent, different grappler, and he still came out there and won. It's wild, bro. Yeah, it's wild. You're so right. Yeah, he was. Was he rookie of the year last year in the UFC? I think he had three fights, three wins, something like that. If he wasn't. He should have been. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. yeah, like he's fucking. He's well regarded in the UFC now yeah. as well. Do you reckon he'll fight Sydney? Yeah, Is there a chance? Said, he said he will, and like I just said, that mental fortitude. Like because oh, that's a quick He'll turnaround. be back in Perth now, like grinding. Yeah, like, he's know, a beast. Yeah. He's a beast, man. He's, he's, do you know what, what you said's right? Cause he was getting like hit with punches, but his punches, when he, when they hit, they seem like they, they hit different, like they're clean. They're like they, like, yeah, they sting, shots. like you yeah. can feel it. Yeah. It's fucking really nice to watch. His striking is beautiful. Yeah. That's what I read. I read someone said something about, um, who was at the fights for my fight in Jacksonville spoke about you, mm, TV doesn't do justice to my kicks. Like, when you're live and you hear the thud of my kicks, it's like, it's, it's, it's got that you can about feel, you it. Can hear breaks. Um, and, uh, on TV, it probably doesn't get the full force of that. I think Jax is similar that when he cracks people, it's just like the sound just kind of makes you go, Oh, like yeah, that meat nice. cruncher sound. Yeah. You're right. Your leg kick in Perth. You could hear it. Mm. And it was like fucking 20,000 people. Yeah. That's a good point. Bro. Yeah. Fuck man. Oh, I want to just hype up like Australian MMA too, because like there's obviously so many fighters that are on the come up. Beauty is, is that you actually have um, visibility into like what's coming through the UFC, what's happening now, but also like your gym, there's so many fighters that are coming through. Mm. You've got eyes on people that aren't in the UFC that are coming up. Like we're in like a bit of a golden period, aren't we? Don't you think? 100%, 100%. Do, do you think it's something that's going to stay for a while? Cause MMA is getting so big or is this just like, we're just in a sweet spot now. Like our top end fighters are the best in the game. And then our up and coming fighters are the best young fighters as well in the game. Um, I think it, it's, it's hard to say now cause everywhere is going to get better. Mm. Um, everywhere is going to have, have their, their guys who stand above the crowd, but we're definitely in a bit of like a renaissance period of Australian MMA and New Zealand because, yeah, New Zealand um, too, of course, you know, yeah. we're, we're doing really well. Um, there's a heap of guys on the like regional scene now who are absolutely at UFC level, like mm. absolutely. And who I think can do really big things. We can break it down if you want. And I can go through names. Yeah. It's hard, um, Pump so, I'll just start with, with my teammates who I'm biased about and then we'll go into other people. So, um, Khan Offley is a featherweight and his record, he's 11 and two. So Damn. like his records near like right on par with mine. He's fought really good guys all the way through and he's defending his hex belt against a guy named Abdallah Biada. Um, and Abdallah comes from Steve Kennedy's gym in Perth and he's a beast. He's tall. He's got these rangy, lanky, striking, um, super talented guy. Um, and he's fighting Khan for the hex belt in like four weeks. It's going to be a huge fight. Yeah. Um, and I think winner of that should get, should get contender series or straight into the UFC. I believe oh, so they're, they're, they're on that. So that they're on track. They're right on track. Both Perfect. of them. That's Khan. Um, then Joe Luciano is a welterweight. Yeah. And I think you've had a little bit to do with Joey. Apparently um, played soccer. Someone told me. 
Was that was that when I commentated yeah, the Rogue yeah, MMA yeah, fights? So like, yeah, he used to play his soccer. His name's Joe Luciano. Fucking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> must be a great player. Of course he played. Of course he played soccer. <laughs> like, fuck. Must be a right winger. Yeah. Like, but Joey's like, um, he's more your typical like fight personality. Like he's like, you walk into the gym and he's like, he's got this big like fucking brow and he like he's quite quite collected and and stoic until you get to know him and then he's kind of looks like Forrest Griffin and then he's funny as yeah he's got a bit of that about (laughs) him the the Italian Forrest (laughs) yeah yeah um but he's a beast like he's he fought IMAF as he's had so many amateur fights um and he's fighting Matt Vale um the night before I fight in Sydney for the welterweight huge and that will make him I think that'll take him to like nine and one okay which is huge and the one was his first fight his first pro fight and he fought in one championship. So that was big. Um, then I've got um, Raja Shippen who, who's coming off a lot long time off, but he's probably the most talented striker I've ever gone with. Um, we can probably talk more about Raja as we get a little bit further down the track. Then Sem Kakembo, who's very good. He's another guy who's six and one as a pro. He's my weight class. If we go outside of my team, you can probably give like a better – rendition of what I think is next for people. Got a guy named Jack Becker who was signed to fight pretty much locked to fight contender series the same year as me. And he snapped his leg, um, in a fight. You probably would have seen it. He threw a kick in a championship fight, snapped his leg. Jack Becker is very, very good, a very good grappler. And I think he's, he's a good chance if he comes back in good order to, to go. Um, who else is at the top level? Um, the heavyweight guy named Brando Perichic, who's just a fucking beast. And I think he's pretty much been told if he wins his next fight, he's going to be in. Wow. So there's that many on the cusp of like, yeah, right around the corner. Yeah, if, I'm if trying to go, go through each weight class, light heavyweight. I can't think of anyone middleweight. I can't think of anyone. Welter is Joey, Joey, Kevin Ducey, or maybe Matt Vale, who they're fighting. Lightweight, there's Tom Nolan, an Aussie guy who just got signed to Consender Series. Um, then Jack Becker, who's also a lightweight. If you're thinking about the younger guys, there's Cody Haddon is fighting my teammate Raja, and that's going to be a good test because if Raja beats Cody, Raja's still at top of his game and he deserves a shot. Mm. If Cody beats Raja, he's the real deal up and coming, and Raja's so good. I think if Cody beats him, he deserves his shot. It's a young kid from out my way who I grew up with who's fucking very good, named Harry Webb. Um, he is like, I think he was like eight and as an amateur and all of them knockouts, I think, but one, and he just turned a pro against a really good kid who was highly pumped up from city kickboxing and mm. they had a great fight and he won Damn. and he's fighting on hex. And he's like, he's one of those kids who you look at and you think he's probably got like most, most of the attributes to go there. Cause he's like, he's good looking. He's like tall he, he speaks well so Harry, harry's one you got to keep an eye on uh he's very good um there's there's heaps of guys i could talk about oh, man, I, I, love could it. I, and- I love it though because like this is what like this to me that's real mma like, yeah these guys that are grinding at your gym and probably not making significant money and they're putting their life fuck all money. they're putting like, their fucking ta- life ta- into it bro I'll, I'll tell you so we got a kid who's having his pro debut he's making 500 bucks and I know, and I know, I know, because he's in the gym right now, covering my fucking classes, because I can't be fuck coaching. <laughs> and and like, and big and, dog shit. Oh uh, no, no. I said, hey, hey, you want to take my classes tonight? And he's like, nah, not really. And I'm like, I'll give you, I'll give you a pair of UFC shorts or something oh, if you do it. And he's gangster. like, and he's like, 
Yeah, right, deal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's gold, man. Um, they're making fuck all money. Even the guys make it who are fighting for belts, like probably making, I won't say specifically, but would be making two and a half grand yeah, max. That's And these guys are giving their life to it. Man. Oh, and it, like, like so Khan, life. for example, he's, he's about the same age as me, same record as me, has been fighting for the same amount of time as me. And just by, you know, luck of the draw is still fighting on the regional scene, you know, and you, you know, I'm not going to say that it's luck of the draw that I'm where I'm at. I think I've, I've done the right things at the right time to get there, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's done the wrong things to still be yeah, stuck yeah. on the regional yeah. scene. Um, so yeah, it's fucking brutal, man. Oh, well it's meant to be. They'll be there, man. No exactly. doubt. It'll come. Exactly. It'll yeah. come. They'll get their shots. I, I really believe that they'll get their shots. Let's just touch on, um, Sydney. So your fight's locked in. Are we allowed to say, do we, your opponent yet? Um, I, I, I probably not. No, hey. let's just say we're locked. Yeah, yeah so we're locked like in. Like it's, well, I'll say this. The the fight that's been leaked all over the internet by all the um, Southern American things is the guy I've been told I'm fighting. Right. Um, but okay. I'm not allowed to say. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But is if that, you've is seen that person, if you, Is that person ranked? No, no. Okay. But if you've seen a poster with me and another dude on it, it's probably it's probably <laughs> right. Wink, wink. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, man, so tickets come out on sale soon. It's probably twenty eighth. It's obviously going to be sold out, It'll as we know. Out, yeah. So, like, I mean, I know you spoke about it at the start, but I just want to hone on this at the fresh, fresh in people's mind when we're coming up. Like, how big is this card going to be? Do you think? Because there's naturally a feeling Ooh, Adesanya, Duplessis, Duplessis, Volk's probably not. Jack Dalla will probably be there. Yourself. Yeah. It's going to be big. I think people, I love the Duplessis and the Adesanya build up, right? Mm. I love it. And people, if if people are taking it like it's race, it's racial or it's racist, it's not, yeah. right? Neither of them has said anything about it being racist, right? Mm. Duplessis' point is I live in Africa. I was, I was raised there. I train there. When I win the belt, I'm bringing the belt back to Africa because that's mm. where I'm from. And Adesanya's point is, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, yeah. I never said you weren't African. Was he downplaying Adesanya and like Usman's African heritage? Usman and Ghanu and Adesanya are these the, the African champions and they put up this thing about the three African kings. Yeah. And he was kind of going out like, I'm the African. Yeah. Right? And I get his point. I get his point but too. It's not, but it, you can't, you, you can't but condemn their. But you're not dismissing the fact that they're African. Yeah, like he's like, genuinely Nigerian. Out of sight. Yeah, like like he's Asan is fucking African. Yeah, like, like he's of African. Of course, he's fucking he's African. African. Yeah. Um, and then, but the build up to there. Like Adesanya is one of the smartest dudes you can mm. you you would meet. Slick like guy, and man. so smart, and also another dude is a fucking G. Like I love Adesanya, and um. Adesanya's gone or oh, licking his lips when he said this stuff, like, I'm going to fuck this boy up yeah. and, and I'm going to roll with it and get the pay-per-views up and get the market up. And, and so when, when they won and they were bringing Adesanya in, he knew what he was doing. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And <laughs> I, I, I was like fanboy. I was fan for five <laughs> week and I pulled my camera out and I'm like, here we go. Oh, let's go. Man. And then he went in and just like tore it up. And, uh, you know, I think I honestly believe like, all bullshit aside, they're going to have a great fight. I think Adesanya wins, but they're going to have a great fight. Mm. And then after it'll be all sweet. So don't buy into the, anybody saying like, oh, one of them's being racist or the other one's being racist. Neither of them are fucking racist. Hey, it's more of a nationality thing. Like they're pumping up a fight. Enjoy the pump up for the fight. Enjoy the animosity while it's there and just 
fucking get pumped for a fight. I actually, you know, what actually, they're doing. They're actually putting Africa on the map even more. Hundred percent. Like it's not hatred. They're making Africa more famous in the, in the combat game. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna. I just like you could get one of those moments. You know, at the end of Rocky Four, <laughs> where like Ivan Drago and Rocky. That, you know, they kind of come together yeah. and Rocky's like, if I can change, you can change, we can all change. <laughs> you know, there might be a bit of that. Yeah, we'll of see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, one thing i got to give you credit for, and, and I think you're handling it well, but I just want to comment on it, is like you're getting fucking noticed everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of gone like, I'm going to say zero to a hundred because I think people in the MMA game knew who you were, but now like just people that are on the fringe of MMA in Australia that watch the odd card here and there, they know your name. Like, has that been pretty surreal to like kind of have sink in and like be sort of the norm now as such? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different. Um, I love it though. Like yeah. I'd be lying to you if I say it wasn't like I think a, it's fucking cool, man. Yeah. It's cool as fuck. Yeah. Um, and especially, especially when it's, it's like, it's most of the time, the only people who want to get a photo with you are people who admire you in some way or who like the way you go about your sport or like the way you go about some. So every time you get asked for a photo, it's a compliment. Like, so I take it as that and try and be, um, you know, as open and, and available to people as I possibly can. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it at the moment. And, you know, there's, I think there's only been ever one or two guys in, MMA world who have gotten to the point where it's like, it gets a bit much like maybe McGregor and probably Stylebender's there where it's, where it's almost unbearable like for Like him. he's just, yeah, you need like genuine security. Yeah. But you know, I'm yeah. nowhere near that yet. So I just, I enjoy it. I love it. And I have the best of both worlds in that I go back to back as Marsh and everyone there has known me since I was like a kid, right? Since, and I still was saying the same shit then, like, I'm going to be world champ. I'm going to fight in the UFC. And everyone's like, all right, Jack, righto. And I'm still saying the same shit now. So it's uh, it's nice that you go back and you get grounded in that, that you're still that Dude, same you're guy. Also, like, you're, the way you talk about Bacchus Marsh is the way everyone should talk about their hometown. Yeah, 100%. Like, you're like, you'll be, you're Bacchus Marsh almost before Melbourne. 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Bacchus Marsh before Melbourne. And, and I love Melbourne as a city because you know, it's part of that, you know, like we caught the train into the footy when I was a kid, which is Melbourne. And we, you know, we used to do all, all, all the shit you used to do on weekends and stuff is in Melbourne, but you know, Bacchus Marsh is just a, a collection of really good people. And that's, that's what I love about it. So I asked Jimmy Crute this on the last show, mm-hmm. obviously picking all the skill sets, you give me your favorite fighter attested to those skill sets, right? So, mm-hmm. um, UFC or striking? UFC striking. Um, I split it. Between Wonderboy Thompson and Israel Adesanya. Love that. Yeah. Love that. You can feel free to elaborate if you want. We can go through it quick. But Wonderboy, Wonderboy, elite kickboxing and really unique angles and striking. Um, and then Adesanya, obviously, just clinical in everything he does. And and the way he dissects people and makes them look bad at what they're good at is right. impressive. I think I'm going to know this one, but leg kicks. Me. Yeah. Me or Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo, different leg kick. Yeah, well, that's what I base a lot of my game off. Like the left, the left rip to the right body, the right leg kick is all Jose Aldo. Wow. So that's like his his stuff, and I've just adapted it where I don't lean off the center as much. I throw it a little straighter, and I go below the knee where he went above the knee. Damn, mm. that's cool. I didn't know that. Submissions, John Jones, John like Jones. people underrated. Underrated submissions. He was subbing everyone. You're not getting out of his hands. Yeah, or even legs. Like done. Yeah, you're done. Like you could go someone more traditional, like a Damian Meyer or someone. But I just think to be able to do it to the elite of the elite, John Jones was the best. Great shout. Jiu-jitsu. 
Best pure jiu-jitsu. Which you're teaching me at the moment and I'm loving. Yeah. I'm like halfway through my white belt. Yeah, well, <laughs> see, I'm going gonna, gonna to go back on myself there. Probably Damien Meyer. Damien Meyer? Yeah. Pure jiu-jitsu, Damien Meyer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wrestling. Best wrestling, um, Daniel Cormier or Cain Velasquez, both AKA guys. Damn. Um, or you could say Bo Nickel. Like, wow, but mate, what is going to happen? What is actually just to be on Bo Nickel? What does his career look like? Is it going to be this fucked for this long? Like, mate, dude, this is like ridiculous. Like he's fighting fucking Mm. at the the height of combat. Yeah. And he's just getting in and out in 30 seconds. Yeah. That's not okay. Like you would have this, right? So you've been around soccer for so long, right? Yeah. You can watch someone warming up and the way they strike the ball, the way they juggle it, like dribble and stuff. And you go- that person's really good. Like yeah. they, they know this game well. When I was out the back warming up and Bo Nickel was warming up and he was wrestling a little and he was hitting pads a little, I know the game fairly well and I was looking at him and I'm going, he's a pretty special athlete. Like wow. he's fairly special in terms of combat. Like just the way he moved on the pads, the way he was so balanced when he was throwing his shots, the way he moved, it was very much like I looked at him and thought, there's a, a very, very good athlete for combat. Mm, I love that. But, yeah, so let's go DC, Cain Velasquez, or Bo Nickel. All right, and then last one. This is a bit of fucking, a bit of more of an attitude one, or in general, take it how you want, the baddest motherfucker. Uh, like John Jones, hard to go past. Like yeah. openly was just like doing rack and fucking hookers two weeks before. And winning. And then going out Defending and Defending his world title. And, and like against – the Fuck. best of the best. Um, the ultimate slap you know, in the face. It, it hurts me a little bit because I would say, I would have said TJ Dillashaw because I loved TJ Dillashaw. Like I was mm. the biggest TJ Dillashaw fan you could ever find. Mm. And his attitude was so competitive and he was so like driven um, the way he used to fight. Like when he got dropped by Cody and then came back and won. And then it, I loved that he was a bad attitude guy like I loved that but then he got popped for steroids so it's like hard to respect it's, it's hard to respect that and you know I know I'm not on anything on him as a person like I don't think people make mistakes don't throw the baby yeah. out with the bathwater right there's yeah. people can make mistakes people can make mistakes and still be you know have value mm. but it's hard to think of him as the baddest motherfucker when he cheated like yeah that. of course that's that's yeah mm. good call all right last one fans will know this listeners will know this Resilience, driver, ambition, we attest all three to successful people in sport or business, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be moving on this show a lot because we love you here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want you to pick the one that resonates most for the now for you. Resilience, drive, and ambition. Yeah, like what's the sort of one that you'd put at the top of the three for you? Where ambition. You're at? Ambition. Ambition yeah. for sure. You know, I think just to get here, you know, I've already had to be fairly resilient to get to this point. But I think for a lot of people, this is the point where you can get to and be satisfied and sort of go, I'm here now and and that sort of thing where it's I'm I'm super ambitious. Like I've said it to you several times, but you know, I wanna have I wanna have many zeros in my bank account by the time I finish this. I wanna I wanna have, you know, a couple of belts hanging somewhere up in my in, in my house and uh, you know, wanna be able to go to that next chapter of my life, like fully satisfied with what I'm done with what I've done. So I'm just super ambitious at the moment with my fighting and with my partnerships I'm making with companies and that outside of it. I'm uh, ambition is the big one for me. Love it. Jackie Jenkins, Far Jack, you're a superstar. Next card in Sydney, guys. We're all going to be there. We've got to get behind our men. Um, hell of a show again, mate. It's going to be big, no doubt. So thank you for coming on, brother. Thank you. 
We'll see you guys next week. Appreciate yous. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning OzCast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. OzCast. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details.